0: The pride of Limerick.
1: The young man named Sean Sheehan.
0: The MMA media, Don Graham McDonald. The severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. I see them coming up and they're getting their shot and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 142 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan and like every week I'm here with the Tony Clifton of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonald. We've got a big week of MMA this week. Uh, we're obviously going to look back at last week's UFC Shanghai card, which wasn't a great card, but there's a lot of, to talk about in in the main event of that one and the fact that it actually, you know, even happened that Michael Whispink took on Kelvin Gastelum. Uh, we're going to talk as well about Ben Askren last week who had his uh, <laughs> retirement fight in a, <laughs> yeah, a retire- MMA retirement you know he calls someone out two minutes after it, but yeah we'll talk about that anyway uh we're going to talk about the tough finale that's coming up next week yeah uh, peter Creel just fought just as the podcast going to come on we'll discuss that and our big topics of the week will obviously be ufc 218 you know one of the best cards of the of the year um the rematch between max holloway and josie allah top on that so we're going to get to that shortly graham how are, things? how are you
1: good good i got the i got the reference of the the comparison the name comparison at the start, which I usually don't, so that's that's a good start anyway. Okay. I watched that uh, documentary myself, it was very, very good.
0: Very good, didn't I? Yeah, and, um yeah.
1: Gary Lauder getting getting uh, sucked in was very funny.
0: Yeah, it was. But um he got real mad at uh, if you don't know we're talking about Jim Carrey's the documentary on Jim Carrey when he played uh, everywhere. <laughs> yeah, when he when he played uh, Andy Kaufman in Man on the Moon the film, they made the documentaries on Netflix at uh, now, but yeah, I I, I thought it was brilliant. I I had never seen Man on the Moon. I watched that first, and then I watched the documentary. And
1: how was, had you never yeah. seen that? Well, that's mad. I'd never seen it. No, never my sister's seen actually it. never seen it as well. I was just like, how? I, I thought everybody had seen that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It's, it's one of those films I think you'd either, either love it or hate it. I, I really yeah. like that. I'm
1: a big Jim Carrey fan always. Like, just from watching Dumb and Dumber hundreds of times and The Mask yeah. and Ace Ventura when I was younger. Just just constantly watching Jim Carrey movies. Did
0: you ever see the number 23, that film? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a fucking weird and brilliant film. I love that film. But yeah, yeah I'm a big Jim Carrey fan as well. But um, yeah. it's a good documentary. Check that out for anyone. Uh, listen, Liverpool had a good old, Well, they drew, they, they could have won. yeah. <sighs>
1: uh, <laughs> Yeah, we well, should have won. It was 3-0 up and absolutely blew it. Moreno, like oh, fucking absolute retard. And um yeah. the Chelsea game. Oh the Chelsea game, yeah. Should have won that as well. But uh Mignolet again to the rescue for for mm-hmm. Chelsea.
0: That was that was so awful. Like, he's he's just absolutely terrible. when well, you like, move your yeah, move yeah. your
1: feet and then just tip the ball over? He actually, even when he didn't move his feet and he got a hand to the ball, he just pushed it into his own net. It's like mm-hmm. can you please just put a strong arm up and push that over, like simply and make it look like the easy save it is. Yeah.
0: I wish for these things happen. Yeah, the three and gone three nil up, and then losing our drawn three all
1: was absolutely hilarious.
0: Yeah, still undefeated in the
1: Champions League, going like Man United though. <clears throat> yeah, sure. It doesn't matter unless we lose seven. Man United 7-0. got, Man United Man got shut out, shut out by the the mighty Basel.
0: Basel, good, good Basel side that. I'm telling you, that's a good deal Go for that Basel side. Three cheers. Basel <laughs> <Basil laughs> faulty. Yeah, we we absolutely took apart the mighty
1: Brighton in one nil
0: with a deflected goal. It was,
1: it was a nice, nice own goal. Man United special.
0: How did they get that as an own goal? That clearly wasn't an own goal. Like it was gone. I mean, didn't market.
1: actually see it, but I just assume your man just true into his own net. Like and, like it always happens against Man United. <laughs> like Man like, didn't, didn't that teenage goalkeeper just walk into his own net with the ball for you recently? Like, yeah, was like, that was that was brilliant. That was great to see.
0: I like how uh, he just stood in
1: the goal for a while, like just kind of like chilling out, like to get out of the goal, like please with the ball, like. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Got him. You had a good weekend. I was out beering last night. As people on my Instagram probably know, I'm half dying here. So if I die in the middle of the yeah, podcast.
1: I was, there, in, I, was, I was in the beer as well, yeah. We got a terrible sleep last night
0: as well. Yeah, so there you go. Shout out to Shane Fitz, JJ Murphy. Great man. Bit of crack. Uh, right, let's go. Let's talk about UFC 218 first of all. And it's it's an absolutely tremendous card. You know, looking through it, you have the the irrepressible Angela Magania taking on Amanda Cooper in the opening. <laughs> uh Ni- <laughs> Niall McGrath's love interest Paul Felder the hidden the the preliminary card David T. Morgan's Jack close and a tremendous fight Felix Herrig is on the card as well uh, and then you get to the main card Tisha shirt Michelle Walters Eddie Alvarez Justin Gaethje Henry Sahuda Sergio Pettis Anthony or Alistair Overing versus Francis Ngannou and Max Holloway against Jose Aldo. Just an absolutely tremendous card. Let's get to the main event first. I know you have a few thoughts on this one. Obviously, they fought once before. And I think going back to watch that fight is. It's kind of eye opening because Aldo was dominating most of that fight. Now Holloway had these bits and pieces, in it definitely wasn't, you know, it wasn't a blowout. But Aldo was winning every round until Holloway clipped him and, and finished him early in the uh, was it the third round or fourth? It was the third round, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. But uh, wh- what are your thoughts coming into this one?
1: Yeah, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say Aldo was dominating, but he was doing what Aldo does and just like just w- clearly winning the rounds with just enough. Mm. A, it looked like it was going to be like um, similar to maybe the Frankie Edgar fight with Aldo, but then obviously in the the third round, uh, Holloway put him away. But I think, um, as you said, you actually noticed uh, before the first fight in the Embedded that uh, Aldo was limping, and you, you thought he had some kind of leg injury. And then it came out that um, it came out from his camp that he actually did have a leg injury. So uh, let's assume Aldo's fit here. It could be, it could be a it could be a case that he throws more leg kicks, even though when you throw leg kicks against against um, against Holloway, he, he he may respond with with um, with barrages and punches and stuff. So maybe that was a a tactic as well as having an injured leg that he didn't want to throw too many leg kicks. But uh, yeah, even 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 having said all that, and if Aldo's one hundred percent fit, which which he, well, I'm going to assume he is, I still think. I still think Holloway's gonna edge it, but it's just not a confident pick at all because Aldo is Aldo and as he was doing in the the, the first fight, he can edge out these rounds without much without much output. Um and, and he can just he can just all he needs is three out of five rounds and he was well on his way to doing that in the last one before before he got clipped, as you said. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, I think Holloway is uh, is getting better all the time. I don't know if Aldo is. I think Aldo might have plateaued um He's been around for a long while and he's got a lot of fights and a lot of a lot of cage time and he's been on five rounds uh, many times so uh i'd have to go with holloway in this one but wouldn't be confident uh, i wouldn't be surprised at all if aldo was able to to uh mix it up and uh get rounds and just uh, win a decision
0: mm-hmm. yeah i think it's i think this is kind of a meeting of MMA from a few years ago against modern MMA and I think Max Holloway is one of the best new modern MMA high output high power fighters Um, and that's kind of what won him that fight against Jose Aldo you know Aldo was if you're looking at say technique for technique or moment for moment Aldo was kind of winning that fight and then Holloway just kind of landed that one big shot but he was, he was doing it in, in you know in the first two rounds as well he was landing the, the kind of the heavier shots all the time and keeping him in it and as we know Heavier shots are obviously scored more than, uh, you know, five, six, seven shots. If you land one big shot, it's it scored more in MMA. And uh, I think it really, it, it kind of boils down to that for me. If you look back at the, that Verdun Taibora fight from a few weeks ago, I kind of mentioned that as well. I think that was kind of the same thing. Tybora was landing harder shots, but Verdun was kind of winning all the way around. And I think this will go a similar way. I'm, it's an interesting one because, like, Max Holloway, it, it was obviously the last one was in Brazil. He looked nervous enough to me coming out. It was his first big, uh, big fight for, uh, you know, for the full Total belt. I know, yeah, I know he he fought um Anthony Pettis for the interim title, uh, but he, you know, this was a kind of a different kettle of Fish altogether. I think, and he'll he might be looser now, as you said. Jose Aldo hopefully isn't injured coming into this. The leg kicks might make a big difference, and I think it, this could be another very good fight. Like. Just a bit on the leg kicks, like Aldo, I think he threw one leg kick in the two and a bit rounds that happened in their first match, and that's very, very odd for Aldo when he's fighting someone like Max Holloway, who's not a wrestler, you know, who's not going to take him down from those leg kicks, and the thing about Aldo as well is, He's very good at actually defending when he throws leg kicks. You see a lot of guys like Alex uh, Caceres at the weekend, we'll, we'll get to that later on, when he threw a leg kick, he was kind of getting hit every time and countering it, but Aldo doesn't really get hit that much from the leg kick, so it's odd to see him not throwing him against someone like Max Hall- uh, Holloway, and I think that that could definitely make a difference coming into this one, but it's it's definitely an exciting fight, you know
1: yeah even against uh, egger the second or the the latest time he didn't aldo didn't throw that many uh, leg kicks if at all it was i think it was maybe that was a strategy that maybe he thought that because of the previous fight that that egger would be looking for down, <clears throat> looking for takedowns off the kicks but
0: mm-hmm.
1: as you say aldo's got some of the best takedown defense if not the best takedown defense in the ufc historically mm-hmm. anyway and um he's an absolutely brilliant grappler he shrugs off takedowns from from takedown machines like chad mendez just like easily pretty easily like he's okay he's been taken down obviously he's been in the cage a long time like you're gonna get taken down like uh in your career but he's, it's not easy to get him there and it's not it's not just a simple matter of away from the leg kick and then you'll have him down because he's got a really really strong uh, takedown stuff and he's just a really well-rounded well-rounded fighter everywhere aldo and he's um he's um he's like regarded as one of the best fighters in the world and he was paying for pound before the before the mcgregor fight for a reason like the, mm-hmm. just because just because he's had a couple of tough losses in the in his last three or four fights doesn't doesn't take away his actual uh technique that he has and his ability maybe it takes away a bit of his confidence and stuff that he even against uh even at uc 200 against edgar he kind of started a little slow for all known to start a little slow but he started even a little slower maybe he's a bit tentative but uh that could be the case again where he gets off to a slow start before, before getting going against Holloway. But, um, yeah, I think it's a really, really interesting fight. I think it's actually like, obviously the Frankie Edgar fight is a fresh fight, but if that fight's going to fall apart, this is the, the best fight they could, they could put together, uh, on short notice. So, um, I don't think anybody's, anybody's worrying thinking, oh, I wish it was, wish it was Edgar. I think th- they mm-hmm. can make that Edgar fight again. And people are perfectly satisfied to see this one, which is, uh, which is rare for a late replacement.
0: Yeah. I- I- just one last thing, maybe on the actual fight itself. Like you, you said there that Aldo has kind of plateaued a bit and hasn't maybe made the advancements, you know, over the last while, and that's very understandable. Obviously, with a guy, you know, who's basically coming towards the end of his career. You know, was a champion unbeaten for nine years, champion for absolute ages in the wc and here, I think to win this fight, he kind of has to a bit. I think he, what I talked about there with Holloway was. High output and high power in shots as well, and Aldo definitely has the output. He, he you know, he fights at a, at a good at a good clip all the time. But I think he needs to bring those power shots in. He needs to hurt Holloway, and not just hurt Holloway. You know, with a big shot, knock him down or whatever. He he needs to plow away with him through the whole fight. Leg kicks, body shots, you know, obviously headshots and everything as well. And he the last day he did it early. He hurt Holloway with one head shot early, and he didn't really hurt him then for the rest of the fight. He was, you know, he's landing a lot of shots, but. Max Holloway is a guy as well who's very is a very good chin and it's it's hard to hurt him, but it this is a hard fight to win. You know it's a it's a hard, a hard sport and I think Aldo's gonna have to do that if he wants to win here. For Holloway, uh, uh, like if you're looking at the way as Holloway came in, it's probably similar enough to the last one. Don't try to get kind of dragged into Jose Aldo's technique for technique. Game. Tr- uh, you know, try to circle away, get him out. We saw with Yana Injajec. You know, when you Come at them from different angles. Got people who fight in a very uh, forward and back Mai Tai kind of uh, a stance, catching them from different angles and coming at them odd ways is, is a good way to beat them a lot of times. I think Holloway needs to do that. You know, he switches up stances very well. Uh, the, the last time he struggled to win the jab an awful lot and uh, uh, when he did that Aldo was was catch, catching him with the second shot as well and he was also catching him when he was coming in and he was countering him Aldo was so it's going to be, it's interesting one here for Max Oliver he as we were saying as I said earlier you know he was away from home the last time and it, he looked a bit nervous at the start he's you know he can't I don't think he, he can afford to do that again because uh, 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 if Aldo is 100% fit here not ca- are carrying legendary it's he's going to be coming out even harder and tougher and I think it's a very very intriguing fight I could see it I could see it kind of going a similar way to the first fight, by means of Aldo kind of winning and then Holloway getting the finish. But it's it's difficult one to know if if Aldo does come out and smashes in those leg kicks, maybe even gets a few takedowns as well. People seem to forget that that Jose Aldo's a very good wrestler himself, can take guys down. And Max Max Holloway, you know, he's a good, very good takedown defense. But it was you know wasn't that long ago Conor McGregor did take him down for for uh what, eight or nine minutes of that fight after he he hurt his legs so he's not the best wrestler in the world and uh, I think it's something that Jose Aldo could maybe maybe shock him with so it, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this one
1: yeah I was gonna <clears throat> I was gonna mention the takedowns do you, do you think uh, do you think he will mix in a few takedowns or attempts anyway Aldo it's not really his game like people have I can't remember the last time he kind of I don't think he's ever relied on like a wrestle heavy game maybe he chosen the odd takedown attempt but not really and it's kind of I remember before the, the Conor McGregor-Aldo fight, people were talking about, oh, maybe Aldo should wrestle. Um, mm-hmm. and, but then others were saying, you know, when you're not used to that, it can be very tiring and it can it can put you out of your game and it can take a lot, lot more energy out of you than you're used to. So it's kind of hard to know if Aldo will go, will go for that. Maybe Aldo thinks, oh, I was winning, the, I was winning that fight with Holloway and, and if I didn't have that injured leg, it would have been a different story. And he's just going to go with the same game plan that's worked for so many years for him. Yeah, just yeah, uh, 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 So I, I expect that more. But maybe if, if it starts going, if it starts going uh, pear shaped for him, he might try and start mixing in some takedowns. It's yeah, starting uh, out to know. Holloway, He definitely a better wrestler than when he fought Conor McGregor. But it's hard, he hasn't really been tested all that much there. And maybe Edgar would have tested him there more than more than Aldo but maybe maybe Aldo's team do see that as a weakness and a possible plan B but I don't really see it being Aldo's plan A
0: yeah I didn't I t- agree with that yeah you're you're right he definitely has that in his back pocket but he doesn't use it that much but you know this is the kind of time this is a make or break fight for Jose Aldo you know this is probably he's the last title shot he's going to get you know for a good one and he'll probably have to win a few to get back to it uh, but, yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting one coming in to see if, if there are any wrestling those come out and see how it'll go on the feet. But, yeah, I, I, you know, I think it'll probably be Holloway. But you mentioned it there about Frankie Edgar falling out. Obviously, this was supposed to be Edgar against uh, against Holloway here for the title. I thought that was a bit of a, a blessing in disguise. What did you think? Like, uh, like Edgar, I think he's had too many title shots already if he if he was to lose this it would have been the, the losingest ufc championship fighter in history with five title shots in a row lost so is
1: Faber like, favorite there at the moment is he
0: he's, he's four with edgar and there's someone else as well i think but yeah this if he'd lost this it would have been five but i i think that's no harm like okay i would have rather someone maybe younger coming in and you know let the division reset and get a few new faces in obviously it's jose aldo because it's short and this but i think that's that's a grand fight and there's no harm given a rematch anyway you know he's done a, he's obviously the best federated of all time um but do you are you kind of happier with this icon kind of um
1: well it's uh, yeah uh, i know what you're saying but it's kind of that aldo fight was kind of sitting there they could make that rematch at any time and and they had the edgar fresh Star matchup against um, max holloway but they don't really have that if if uh, if Aldo was to win it kind of nobody really wants to see the edgar aldo fight again so it there are two big fights in a division that doesn't really have all that many marquee fights so uh, i think the, the ufc would have preferred it the other way and i definitely think frank yeager will be rooting for uh for max holloway he'll probably be the, the his biggest fan on the night just trying to get back to that title shot because as I say, like nobody's clamoring. Nobody wants that. Not nobody wants it, but nobody's <clears throat> nobody's really calling for that. That uh, rematch of Edgar egger and Aldo. So yeah, yeah. maybe the UFC will, will lose out on a on a big matchup in the division. But uh, it's it's. These things happen in MMA when when people
0: get injured. Yeah, featherweight's a weird division too because there's lots of good prospects there. If you're looking at the rankings, obviously you've the likes of Duho Chai and Darren Elkins and Yair Rodriguez yeah. and uh, Miles Jury and, and Mircea Betich and Jason Knight, loads of more guys. But I think they need know, a bit of time, though. The yeah, they those, do. They don't need time. Nobody has kind of put themselves forward. Like if you're looking, who's next guy is probably going to be Cub Swanson. You know Ricardo Lamas. is always well, due to fight Aldo. Yeah, uh, Chan Jung is there as well. Yeah, yeah. it's such, it's kind of the old guard again coming coming back and you know
1: I, I think I think all of them guys will be hoping for a, a Holloway win because most mm-hmm. of them have already lost to Aldo <laughs>
0: yeah yeah, that's very true so uh, this is this is a big fight for the division and I, I really do think there's an opening there like someone to be the next Max Holloway I know uh, Brian Ortega is probably he's I think he's ranked six at the moment now at T-City obviously and he's a guy that he, I think he was a guy that kind of could emerge from the, from the pack because he's had a lot of exciting fights, you know, late finishes and stuff like that. And that's the sort of thing that gets you noticed. But,
1: um, yeah. He needs time though. He needs time be to honest. develop. He's very raw. I think, uh, especially on feet.
0: My boy, um, my boy, uh, Mircea Bektic is going to be the man anyway.
1: That's a fact. Let's, let's is he's honest. probably injured again though, is he? Uh, he probably is. Which I look forward to that one
0: let's talk about the comment event then between Alistair Overeem and my boy Team Sheehan Francis Ingano uh, how do you say you see this one playing out like, I'm kind of intrigued by how yeah. it will actually happen yeah.
1: it's tough to know like, because uh, like, uh, if it was the old Overeem the, the style that Overeem usually goes for I'd, be, I'd pick Francis pretty pretty handily but uh, mm-hmm. this uh, more calculated kind of um, outside game that Overeem's been playing since he moved to, to uh, Jackson Wink has, has been very effective and um He's he's very disciplined with it, and okay, you might get a few boos. the, the fans mightn't it mightn't mightn- be the old over him where it's you know explosions come and somebody's going down. Like, either either Overing's going to take you out, or he's going to get tired from trying to take you out and get taken out himself. It's I don't think it's going to be like that. I think he'll be more he'll be more playing play the outside game, and we haven't really seen how Francis reacts to that. So it's it's really tough but i think i think overeem uh, he has a lot of tko and ko losses over the years uh, he, he's definitely a little bit chinny like um yeah. he's i think i think ngannou can, is going to do enough and i think ngannou i think ngannou will put him away but if he doesn't put him away overeem could easily edge out a edge out a decision here so it's a really tough one but i'll, I'll go with the i'll go with francis yeah, there's
0: always a point in a very very good fighter prospects career where they come up against someone like they've never come up with it yeah. before you know we saw it with loads of fight like mcgregor is obviously the yeah <clears throat> uh, you know one when he came up against paria and then Mendez and you know he answered all those tests but in never really had any of those tests uh, i think Cortis blades is a very good fighter and obviously he beat him and he beat on Farm champion it's not the same arlovsky as it used to be but he, he went through all of them but the, the thing the fact that he went through all those people so easily we don't really have an idea how he'll work against someone who can uh, be even with him in some aspects and uh the aspects i'm talking about are physicality especially there's almost no one in the world who can but over him kind of can he's as strong as an absolute ox fast very very good athlete as well um th- that's one aspect of it and also the power as well you know and and not just the power, like the, the the ability to land power shots on him, because he's used to uh, over him is fighting this new game where he will sit back and he'll wait for you to come in, and then he'll counter you, or you know he'll just jab you up from the outside, get you against the fence, land those big shots. Nobody uh, who Francis Ngannou has fought before has had the ability to do that on an even keel with him. And it's going to be interesting to see if that plays out that way, how it will, how he'll come back from it. You know, if he loses around, if he gets knocked down, will he have that ability to come back and fight back from it? That's a very interesting thing. Now, you know, most guys in this position do. Uh, like I'd say, ninety percent of them who get to be that good to that that level have that ability. You know, they get, they meet and in training, or they haven't. You know, their past fights and stuff like that. But it's it's very interesting to see, uh, and I you know I'm really looking forward to. it. But I, I kind of I tend to agree with you. <clears throat> over this could be a little bit like Aldo and Holloway, where you know uh, over him as Aldo will say is kind of jabbing him off from the outside, winning the kind of technical battle. But then the the one big shot, the power shot, comes from Ingeno in this case, or Holloway in the other case. Um, and I, I do I do think that's how it I think Ingeno will hit him and knock him out. Uh, as you said, over him is very very chinny uh, and has been for a while. Got knocked out multiple times, and uh, you know it's 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 a, a t- it's it's a tough fight for men and that's kind of you know it's in heavyweight it's it's rare that we get such a good fight like this because. There's people lads are injured so much that you know uh, this is a, basically a championship level fight. You know, Stipe hasn't been fighting in ages. You know, every champion almost kind of loses within a couple of fights, and you know, th- it's hard to build any momentum. And this is, a, I think, this is a big fight for the heavyweight division. Would you agree with me? The winner of this will probably get the title shot,
1: yeah? I think so, especially if it's Nganu. Uh, but I think both, yeah. I think, um, we should mention as well that this is the biggest spot, like the biggest fight that Nganu's been in, like the biggest card he's been on. and. Mm-hmm kind of the biggest name that he's fought. Like obviously Arlovsky's a big name, but he's he's kinda ten years ago he kinda peaked, you know, he's he's not the same guy. And I, I don't think Overeem's the same guy, but I I think I think Overeem's not the same guy in a different way where he's just changed his style completely. Not that he's like a shadow of his former self. So mm-hmm. it's a really tough one for Nganu. Um it's a tough matchup for both of them. It's it's gonna be really interesting. we really if if Nganu can come through this we, we really we, we should learn a lot about him. I don't think I don't think um I don't think Ganu is uh is like um, at his, the peak of his yet. He's still getting better.
0: One hundred percent. But I think
1: I, I think he I think he's improving fight to fight. We don't get to see that much of him, so it's hard to tell because he because he comes in and get, gets through people pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. But um, he does seem to be improving all the time. He's young in the sport. He's he he's only been he's only been doing MMA for what is it four years or something? Something ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. So it's he's easy. he's got a he's got a, a load of room to, room to grow. So even if he does lose this one, uh, it's definitely not the end of him. But this is a huge test, and uh, this is a great fight. On um, like This is a brilliant co-main event. This could main event, nearly any card. So, yeah, yeah this is, is a really big, big spot for Francis Ngannou. So maybe that will get to him a little bit, but uh, as I say, I, I'd go with Ngannou, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if Overeem can edge it out over, over a round. Mm-hmm.
0: The next fight down then, Henry Cejula against Sergio Pettis this is a similar type of matchup. You know, a guy who is very, very good and lost uh, a championship fight not too long ago against the new kind of up-and-coming... Guy in that division who everyone thinks is going to get the title shot next this another really really good fight we saw how good henry Cejudo looked recently His boxing has improved an awful lot obviously he's a, a wrestling gold medalist in the olympics we know his wrestling is really good and he's putting it all together sergio Pettis as well i think he's improved an awful lot uh, he's you know his last few fights were very very impressive got some good wins against brandon moreno john Moraga, and, and a couple more guys as well and he's re, you know he's really really coming into his own now as a striker kind of a lot of people or maybe comparing him to his brother Anthony, you know, for obvious reasons, but I think he's become a more well-rounded, more uh, more varied fighter than Anthony, who just, you know, Anthony's problem always was kind of bad footwork and it wasn't throwing enough, um, it was just wasn't thrown enough where he needed to throw him kind of and I think Sergio does that he you know he'll come from behind these jab and throw a lot of combinations throw leg kicks you know go for takedowns uh do like do a lot of different things good on the ground as well like Anthony and this this is a real intriguing matchup for me
1: yeah, this is this is a really good one. Um, so Hudo looked absolutely fantastic uh, against Wilson Hayes. He absolutely destroyed Wilson Hayes, which is which is no which is a, like Wilson Hayes is a very good fighter. He's been around. He's he's fought all the top guys, and so Hudo looked looked massively improved uh, since uh since losing to Demetrius Johnson. Uh, quickly, obviously that that was a bit of a disaster for him. He got taken out early. Uh, Hurt to the body, but since then he seems to change his striking style uh, successfully, which is uh, immediately successfully, which is which is rare like to be to, to improve so quickly. So, I think I think, um, I mean, I'm a big fan of Sergio Perez, but I, I think Sahuda is just going to have too much for him everywhere. I think if he wants to get him to the ground, he will be able to, but I think uh, w- probably won't need that, he'll probably use that as a backup plan. He he doesn't use his wrestling as much as you think for an Olympic gold medalist, um. So I think I think uh, striking is going to be too much. I think his uh, his in and out movement and being light on his feet. Obviously Sergio is quick and good on his feet as well. But I just think Sahu has too many tools and has has too many backups that he could go to. That that if the fight starts getting away from him, then he can just put he can put Sergio on his back and. I don't think Searight is going to have enough to, to submit him or to reverse him once once it does hit the ground. If if Suhudo needs to put it there, so I think uh, Suhudo is going to win this one.
0: Yeah, I 100 agree with that. I think I think you hit the nail on the head there. I think Suhudo's ability to change it up and get takedowns is what will win him this fight. Because I think I think Pettis is an underrated not only defensive fighter but a very good chin as well. Doesn't doesn't get hurt that much. Anthony I think was uh, you know similar for years and years, um, and I think. I think Su- Suhuda might get a little bit frustrated by Pettis' ability to maybe dodge his shots and not, you know, that, to be where he wants him to be at, at different stages of the fight. Um, this is, I think, on the feet, this is going to be really, really good, high-level stuff. I, I, as you were saying there, you know, Suhuda's kind of changed up his game. I think his boxing was always, go- always very, very good, but he has moved it on to make it a lot smoother, a lot flowier, um, and... and Putting things together with his wrestling and the, the jiu-jitsu game, whereas Pettis, he it's just his technique. He's a technically very very good guy, as I said, defensively and attacking and putting his combinations together and everything. So I'm re- I'm really looking forward to that. But uh, yeah, I think sahuda's power and his wrestling will will probably win him uh, a decision in that one. uh Then, uh, could be a fight of the year candidate yeah. after that. Eddie Alvarez against Justin Getch. I know you love these two lads.
1: Yeah, no, this is going to be brilliant. Uh, Justin Gaethje is just—he's always been brilliant to watch. Like, you wouldn't really tune into world series of fighting most of the time. You, when he was there, you, you look at the cards and you'd be like, "Ah, I'll, I'll catch the highlights." But when Justin Gaethje fought, you kind of—you had to—you had to, to make—you uh, had to make room for for watching that because he's always ridiculously violent, and he just—he just goes for it. He, it's, somebody, as he says, somebody's getting knocked out in his fights, and it, it mm-hmm. might be him, but he—he's he's going to back himself in the, in a in a war. And I think uh, with the amount of damage Eddie Alvarez took against McGregor and against uh, Parry, even though even though the Parry one went to a no contest, I think he took a lot of damage in that fight. Um, I think uh, there's going to be more damage coming his way here from Gaethje, and I think Gaethje's going to going to take him out in uh, the first or the second round with a TKO.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to this. Like I think Justin Gaethje's worst matchup is going to be a really hard hitter who can knock him clean out because he's so open and Eddie Alvarez can be that, you know, we saw it against uh, Rafael dos Anjos, you know, he knocked him onto Silly Street uh, there, and finished him off with, the, went for the flying knee, which is my favourite thing ever in the UFC history, and, you know, he so he, ha- he definitely has that in his locker, but I'm not sure he has that you know, in every fight, if he did it, I wouldn't be surprised, but i wouldn't be banking on him it, you? you know he's in, he's not like a mcgregor with the one shot knockout power or a mark hunt or something or a ryan nelson back in the day or someone like that He's that's just that's kind of not his game uh uh gate he's well, something a lot of people forget is he's wrestling is really really good so i've respected eddie alvarez come out and maybe wrestle him i don't think that's gonna happen either and he can be so open and so wild because of that base so i'm i'm looking forward to this one i'm I'm kind of with you, I think I think Alvarez has taken a lot of damage recently and I think if this turns into a war which it looks like it could be um, I think Gaethje will come out on the better side of that Another way it could go as well, which is a bit a bit disappointing to even talk about is Alvarez just trying to push Gaethje up against the fence, uh, he, we've seen him do it before, he did it obviously against uh, Anthony Pettis and a couple more guys as well, if he can get him there and push him up and you know, you make it kind of a A dirty fight against defense.
1: I think it could play out that way as well for a while. But on that though, I think I think Gaethje much like Anthony Pettis. Kind of accepts, not accepts, but he 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 doesn't put up enough resistance. I think Gaethje will if he gets put against the cage, he'll he'll land shots. And I think actually he's probably it's hard to know, but I think he's probably a better wrestler than Eddie Alvarez. So I don't think that he's going to get stuck against the cage. I think. I think he'll be able to to mm-hmm. get out and um, keep the, keep the fight the feet on the the fight on the feet in the striking realm. So I think uh, I think we I'd be very surprised if Alvarez was just able to push him up against the cage and keep him there like he was against Pettis.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you, but I I do think that's a very good part of Alvarez's game, and I think he can really do it to anyone if he gets in the, in that position. But I, I agree, I don't think he'll do it for. I don't think he'd be able to do it like he did against Perez for long periods unless maybe he hurts him or unless he does get a, a takedown or something like that. But yeah, it, it's intriguing. I think that, that's kind of just a, one way it could go, but I don't, I think it's more likely to be a war. And if, if you're betting on fight at night, this is probably the one to bet on. So uh, yeah, looking forward to that one. Then after that, we have Tisha Torres against Michelle Waterson. Obviously, Tisha Torres <clears throat> is one and one with champion uh, Rose Namajunas at the moment. So this is a you know this is a really really big fight for her. She's coming off of two wins. Against Juliana Lima and Beck Rollins, and uh, obviously Michelle Watterson is one of the biggest stars in that division. You know, obviously she had the win against uh, against Paige Van- Paige Van Zant, and obviously lost to Rose Namunis in her last fight. So for her to get back on, you know, the title track as well, she needs a win here. Uh, they're they're two kind of different sort of fighters, aren't they? Tisha Torres is a non stop go ahead, you know, good kind of karate. Uh, base with good wrestling as well, taken on. Whereas Michelle Watson, obviously the Kratty hottie or uh, you know, she lives up to her name with with very good Kratty, But also a very good, um, a very good uh, submission game. Yeah, as we saw against uh, Paige Vans at nine of her fourteen wins by submission. So just an interesting one as well.
1: Yeah, this is. The uh, uh, Tisha Torres, I think, will probably be able to to kind of out energy or out out worker and probably edge out a decision. But it is a it is a very interesting fight, and Michelle Watson is dangerous on the ground as well. So. Uh, I'd have to lean with with Tisha Torres, but uh, as you say, it's it's another really good matchup on the card.
0: Yeah, I I agree with that I I'd go for Torres as well, but it's an interesting one. And then on the preliminary card, uh, yeah, I
1: think Draca are Closer and David Taylor. That's going to be a really great fight as well. well really yeah. good, yeah, yeah. To, like lightweight is a hard division to stand
0: out in. Check, you better border. check your
1: underpants. <laughs> your underwear yeah. is it? Your underwear. Check yeah. your underwears, man. Cody garbage That, that, uh, wait wait, 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 like it just diffused the whole fight because everybody was like, "What the, f- what the fuck did he just <laughs> say?" <Everybody was laughs> laughing, everybody was like, "What were you we arguing about again?" Yeah. <laughs> but
0: that, obviously, he fought Landov and in his last fight. if People might remember him, man, which was an absolutely brilliant fight, and he beat him over over three rounds just. Kind of took him to school to be honest. David Timor didn't drag her close, won against probably one of the top prospects in the world. Um, Marty obviously, the Englishman in his last fight as well. So, that's it. That's a huge, huge fight. I think both of those guys uh, are coming towards being ranked at the moment. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a very interesting one to uh, to look at. Um, what about Charles Oliveira against Paul Felder?
1: Yeah, this is, um, I think Felder looked, looked kind of. Um I think we talked about it before. He kinda of looked like he plateaued a bit before his last fight. But then in his last fight um against Stevie Ray, he, he looked he had a bit more kind of killer instinct to him. He looked a bit more a bit more vicious and even like he wasn't just going through the motions. So I think maybe um maybe he's kinda of gotten over that, that hump that he that he was that kind of rut he was stuck in. But uh Charles Oliver is a, a very Crafty guy. Like, if the fight's if the fight's going his way, he's brilliant. If the fight's going against him, he may just like pretend he's injured and quit. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard to know. What <laughs> like in the way fight? He just got punched in like the shoulder and just like gave up. It was just and then they tested him and they said there was nothing wrong with him. Maybe mm-hmm. that's wrong. Like maybe it was a stinger or something. But mm-hmm. you know, he's not exactly um he, he he's not exactly uh, good coming from behind. He kind of he kind of wilts when when he when it starts going against him. So if Felder can do that, I think I think he'll have a good chance. But I think Oliveira will probably be able to use his length and his submissions to to f- probably finish Felder. To be honest, if I had to had to bet it.
0: Yeah, I think it, the interesting thing for his Paul Felder's training, Joe is Jim as isn't he? And he is Anthony yeah. Pettis with him. I think that's a good someone uh, good to spar with coming up to this one because Charles Oliveira, obviously we know he's very dangerous when he's back, and Pettis is very good. The Pettis actually um, Pettis submitted him, didn't he? Uh, not yeah. too long ago, but he yeah. Yeah, he did. So I think that that could play into Felder's, uh, you know, Felder's side here. I do think Felder will win. Uh, Like Charles Oliveira at lightweight. Obviously, he's had weight cutting problems and stuff, but I think he's a very kind of slender guy. And I don't think the lightweight is his way, To be honest, I think uh, like Felder could probably fight a, a welterweight if he had to. You know, a big, strong guy. I uh, think I don't it's
1: going to go...
0: oh, a good. It's a good. Yeah, it's a good. But I, I like. I'm looking at it from a basis. Do you think Charles Oliveira will get takedowns against Paul Felder? Like, uh, you know, he kind of goes his back sometimes and pulls a guy in, come into my gorge kind of a job. But I, I don't think that's going to happen with Felder. I think it's going to be played out a lot on the feet. As you say, you know, he, he does tend to get hit and goes down at times. And Helder, Felder hits uh, pretty hard. And I'd say if he, he does hit him a couple of times hard, he'll end up winning.
1: Yeah, see, that's it's really hard to know with Oliveira because, yeah, as you say, if, if he gets hit in front, he'll probably win. If he if he goes behind, he'll probably lose. Which sounds like he, would be the case for most fights when you say that, but a lot of a lot of times, surprising amount of times, guys lose rounds and end up winning fights. But with Oliveira, it, it, it kind of, it's a mental thing. It's like a it's like a self belief thing maybe where he just he just sees it all going wrong and um, he doesn't really mentally mentally he, he isn't as mentally tough as most fighters in the in the ufc which it's, it's like it's you don't really say that about lightly about, about guys but there's kind of a, good bit of a good bit of evidence to to say that that's that is the case like
0: mm-hmm. yeah uh other than that then we have uh <clears throat> abdul razak al-hassan who obviously beat charlie ward pretty yeah. exciting guy so he's coming back fully here against uh Courtney Casey and, and a few more. But yeah, looking looking forward to that card uh next s- Saturday. And then on <clears throat> I believe it's Friday, Friday. night, is yeah. it? The tough finale is on. Obviously we don't know who the who the uh the, the in that will be, but it mm-hmm. is um uh Barb lost last week, so it's going to be uh Nico Montaño, who's a pretty good kind of wrestle boxer against either um uh, Sejara Eubanks, or um, God, what's her name? Um, the the famous kind of nerdy, what's her name? Roxanne, God, Metaferi. Roxanne Metaferi, Yeah. <clears throat> so it's going to be one name. I have a feeling it's going to be Sejara Eubanks. She's been very impressive on the show so far. I've actually been watching oddly, but this is a this is a pretty terrible card, isn't it? I'm looking <laughs> here on Wikipedia. Like the main event is going to be
1: the the, the tough.
0: Card is it, and then like Andrew Sanchez versus against against Ryan James is like next. What's going on here at all?
1: Yeah, Joe Soto and Brett Johns is a, is a decent fight, but it's the awesome. rest of them are are just not great. Yeah, it's, at all.
0: It's a very odd card. Have you been watching the season of the?
1: I watched the first couple episodes and uh I just stopped watching. But uh, actually, when we were over um for the the Floyd Mayweather bout uh, in the UFC Institute, when when um. What do you call it, Dana White contender series have been filmed. All the tough guys, all the Ultimate Fighter guys were up in the performance center training. So uh, we ran into them while they were filming, like Gagey and Alvarez and all, um, while we were filming over there. So that, that was kind of interesting. And um, it seems like, I haven't watched the show, but it seems like Eddie Alvarez and Justin Gagey actually really like each other and <laughs> get yeah. on really well. And there's kind of no animosity there, kind of like. Just seemed it seemed all kind of friendly, and there was no trash talk or anything. So it's kind of usually over over the tough season <laughs> they get in, they get in each other's uh, way, and they Great. they end up fighting, and they end up uh, having some kind of big pushing match at a weigh in or something like that. But uh, you've you've obviously watched the show. I don't think any of that stuff happened. So this is kind of like a friendly rivalry, and it, maybe obviously the the two and eight card is absolutely stacked. Maybe they could have gone old school and put the the Alvarez Gaethje fight on. On this tough finale, but obviously, uh, you're trying to sell pay per views with UFC 218, so that's probably the thinking behind that.
0: Tito Ortiz versus uh Ken Shamrock is that the one? Yeah, do, do that, put that, as the, put that as the main event, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, the, like the big prank thing this year actually happened last week. Eddie, Al- Eddie Alvarez parked Justin Gaetje's car like far away in the car park, and then Justin Getchy got um, uh, a, for- a forklift or was it yeah, forklift or something like that, a crane to lift uh, Eddie Alvarez's car up. Uh, like 15 feet in the air, and he like wrote, I love Justin on it, and stuff like that. And like, Marker and they just kind of laughed a lot. It was a bit of crack, like, but yeah, the, the Sounds lame. The <laughs> yeah. Maybe it was
1: funnier in a, in a practice, but it doesn't sound very, uh, yeah,
0: uh, yeah. Sean O'Malley is all coming back from Dana White's uh, contender series. He looked like a very, very good prospect Bantam bantamweight there. So he's on this card as well. So that, that's definitely worth watching. Eric Spicely against uh, Gerald Marchand as well. Spicely's always uh, kind of an entertaining guy uh,
1: coming off a loss there. So, yeah. What about that
0: yeah. soto brett John's fight? Who do you think will win that one?
1: Yeah, Soto's very good on the ground. Um, he's he, like he kind of flies under the under the radar he's never going to be he's never going to be a champion more than likely but you know he has wins over people like Rani Aya and Chris Beal and he has wins over good guys and you know he 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 went four and a half or I think he got finished in the fourth or the fifth round against TJ uh, TJ Dillashaw on short notice yeah so um you know he's he, he, he's he's not he's not top notch but but he is dangerous but I think um I think Brett Johns is a really good athlete. I think he's a really good wrestler. He's got good fight IQ. He doesn't mess around in, in realms of the fighting game that he's that he's not as good at. He brings the game in, into his kind of world, and I think he'll be able to, to grind out a decision here.
0: Yeah, I think Soto will win. <clears throat> I think Soto will, will get a submission. I think he might get a, a guillotine or something like that. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of Joe Soto. I like it. I like Brett Johnson. I think this is a very even fight. This is kind of flying under the radar over this weekend. I think this, this could be... I think there could be mad... Um, you know, mad exchanges on the ground and this one, and you know, it could be, could be really exciting. If it does go to decision, I probably would favor Brett Johns. I think, as you said, he's wrestling. His top game is very, very good. Uh, Whether he will want to do that against someone like Soto, who's so dangerous from the bottom and, and underground in general, that's another thing, but yeah, I think, I
1: think he back himself on the ground like he's 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 mm-hmm. been in there with people like Jordan Desborough, James brougham, and cage people like that, and he's been in in there against guys who are good on the ground and he and he always trusts his trust his wrestling in his top game, and I think um as m m a has evolved and gotten better, i think it's it's much harder to grab like uh guillotines and um stuff off your back against guys who are really good on top um so yeah, uh, Joe Soto is tricky on the ground, but I think I think Brett Johns will just be able to grind this fight out. It may not be pretty as well. It may turn into a quite boring fight uh, if it goes the way I think it will go. But uh, I think I think Brett Johns will just uh, will just be able to get on top and land ground and pound. And I think Joe Soto mm-hmm. might be able to work his way to a feed a few times, but I think he'll he'll get taken back down. I think Brett Johns will will lean heavy on on his wrestling in this one.
0: Yeah, did you see a Gage Warriors card last night now that you mentioned cage Warriors,
1: no I actually didn't see it at all
0: no I missed it as well I was out in the beer but apparently I'm the winner <laughs> yeah, the winner of that heavyweight fight uh Karl is, Moore yeah announcer Carl Moore yeah we obviously we talked a bit about Carl Moore last week I haven't heard much from him but <clears throat> I think that's that's smart you know trying to make him a double champion like McGregor was you know they're probably their best Irish guy and we were I think I was actually talking I was on talking balls this week with Niall, and we were kind of talking about Traitor. I know <laughs> <awful>. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I thought I had to give them a bit of shine, like, you know, they needed someone, they needed a top-class journalist. They needed and, some uh,
1: abuse, anyway. But they, yeah, they, they, it was
0: pretty hilarious. But, um, yeah, I think they do need a new big Irish star, and I think if they put two belts on his shoulders and, you know, we play into that McGregor thing, I think that's smart. Yeah. And I think that's the sort of thing Cage Warriors need to do.
1: Yeah, I think they 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 tried to put this fight together. They announced it before, or they they announced uh, the second title shot at heavyweight for Carl Moore before, and he was forced forced off the card with injury. But uh, when they did announce it, it got it got some good traction as a uh, Irishman looks to recreate McGregor's achievement the Cage Warriors mm-hmm. kind of headline or whatever. So I think that'll work again. And I think um, casuals people maybe not full on casuals, but people who are kind of half in MMA and kind of watch the odd Cage Warriors card will will be interested in that. And I think it'll it'll create a bit of buzz with. Um, with the hardcores as well, so I think it's a good call. Uh, I don't know what you're, much about your man Sorrelli, uh, but Cormier, uh, uh, his only loss is to um, the the Bear Jew uh, in yeah, a fight that Park in a fight that he, he was winning, that that Karl Moore was winning and nearly submitted Paul Craig in, but then he just got caught in a guillotine himself. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I think uh, I think I think that's a good move by Cade Wires, and I think Cormier uh, is kind of as long as he wins this this fight, he's kind of destined for the UFC. Yeah,
0: hundred percent. Uh, let's move on to last week's UFC card. Obviously, they they took off to Shanghai for this one, and it turned out to be a pretty good card. I saw most of the fights. Um, and, uh, this song uh, was it? Song Yandong? People were talking. about I didn't actually see that fight yet. Did Did you see that one? A lot of people were saying he. Kenan um, song. Yeah, was it song? It was a Keenan song, maybe. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's two songs. Though. Yeah, he knocked out Bobby Nash in 15 seconds. or was it, it was four minutes. Yeah, Bobby Nash. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah yeah he he looked impressive it was like there was we talked about it before it wasn't the, the best card like on paper, but sometimes these cards they just end up having really competitive close fights so uh it doesn't really uh it doesn't like it's hard to know about these these guys because they're they're fighting in promotions that you you don't you, you don't get to watch and they're fighting guys that you haven't heard of but um there was some very impressive performances, maybe especially guan Wang against uh uh- Lee royal alex goers
0: yeah he he impressed me a lot i think. I tweeted at the time, I think he is a style which will win a lot of fights in the UFC because he's very defensively sound and he hits hard when he hits. You know, I talked about earlier about having high output. He doesn't really have high output, but he's effective because he can hit so hard and so accurately. And I, I don't think there's anyone in the UFC, there's a few guys, maybe Eddie Alvarez is good at doing this too, but closing the distance with a single shot and landing it accurately, that's a very rare thing to see in the UFC without... You know, without setups or without throwing a leg kick first, or without you know moving f- weirdly like Dominic Cruz or TJ Dillashaw does, he kind of can just throw quickly from out of nowhere. And I thought that was that was very impressive. Hurt Alex Caceres a few times. Joe, what do you think? Was it after the first round Casares was hurt bad and wobble back to his corner? I thought that fight should have been stopped then.
1: Yeah, it's it's one of them judgment calls where people are probably giving out. If I could have went on, if if he if he goes on, but. Yeah, the, the strangest thing about it, I think was the 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 scorecard for Alex Caseras. Yeah, very. What, good. what rounds? What rounds? Like, are they giving them there?
0: Mm-hmm. I thought he won the third, all right. Although I thought it was very very close, but the first two were cleared. I thought the first was a 10-8 to Wang Wang, uh, and the, I thought he won the second as well pretty easily. But that was a very very odd split decision. And yeah, uh, yeah.
1: That's well as I say, we were saying before, like you know, he was nineteen and one going into this Guan Wang, and now he's twenty and one. Alex Caceres is like he's no mug. Like people like mm-hmm. re- might remember from the Ultimate Fighter and he was kind of raw back then, but he he's a completely different fighter now. He, he's got the fundamentals that he was missing uh back in the day when he was on the Ultimate Fighter. He's got them down now. He's a very tough matchup. He's he's got flair to his game, he's unorthodoxed. So that's a that's a very good win. And twenty and one is a ver- is a very good record. Okay. He may not have fought any of the, the top top guys yet, but I think um guys like that are the guys that the UFC should be building because the Chinese market is obviously massive and if they can get interest behind a guy get him to like 23 even twenty-one's already brilliant but if you can get him two or three wins against guys who are well known well known names even if it is even if it is guys who are over the hill uh just guys that people have heard of then I think you can you can I don't know much about the Chinese market but uh I'd say I'd say with the with the size of the market you can get a good following behind him and make make mm-hmm. him into a star
0: yeah, I saw someone mention it on, on Twitter that this was kind of a coming of age card for China, where you had uh, Wang Guang. Obviously, you had Li Zhang Yang as well, and a few more people. I was very impressed as well with um, Yan. I'm not sure how you pronounce her name. I think it's Il- Nan. She fought uh, K- Kaelin Curran. I thought she was yeah, yeah. very, very good. Maybe a little bit of work on her takedown defense, but I thought she was a very hard hitter for that division. Kaelin Curran can take a licking as well, you know. And she, took a, she took a few good shots, but. Uh, yeah, Jan won that fight pretty very pretty well, and I was very very impressed with her. I think she's someone you know to be looking at going forward in that division. But uh, what about my boy Zabi? Showtime Shapiro, absolutely excellent performance again. Just destroyed Shemar Morais over three rounds, submitted him with an anaconda choke with thirty seconds to go. This man's going to be a UFC featherweight champion, isn't
1: he? Uh, it's hard to know now when he yeah. when he's fighting this level this level of people like you if he like is. he isn't, if he goes up against somebody like aldo now i think like he just gets destroyed
0: i don't know i think he'd beat aldo right now i think he's think? that good i think yeah really? i think he's uh, the only thing holding him back i think could be mark henry but he's uh, because of his, <laughs> his game no you know, but i'm yeah his game planning ability just isn't up there like i don't think it is but i i think he is so good like he mixes he's an unbelievably good wrestler destructive striker and mixes it together so well he just he is one of the most complete fighters I've ever seen at this stage of his career. I really think, you know, I really, really think he's good enough to beat very good guys at the moment. Okay, maybe Aldo. All right, maybe give him another few fights to get up there first. He needs, uh, obviously, testing 14 and one, but I I really do think he'll be, he gives, he's the ability right now to beat some of the best guys in the world.
1: Yeah, well, he's certainly looked fantastic, and you can you can only beat what's in front of you. And in the UFC, he's comprehensively beaten uh, beaten both. by okay, he's kind of known for the the Showtime kick thing that he did, Anthony Pettis, the kind of similar uh, Showtime kick that Anthony Pettis had done. But mm-hmm. his, his his wins are actually both by choke, so he's obviously well rounded. And he's uh it was a really it was a really nice finish at the weekend uh, against Moraes. who's who's no joke as well. Mm-hmm. But I just think uh, he's going to need time. He's going to need a uh, there's, there's no rushing him. He's gonna you give him a few decent matchups. See that you don't need you don't need to throw him in there against like you know a, a top guy. But you can throw him in there against somebody like
0: Yair Rodriguez.
1: Well, like, I think they're trying to build both of them. And I think you don't want to do what you, what happened to Yair Rodriguez and push him too fast. Mm-hmm. Maybe somebody like um, Elkins or Jeremy Stevens. Who do you think would win that fight between Zabit and Yair? Who? It's really tough to know. Um, it's really tough. I'd probably go. I'd probably go with the beat. It's hard to know. Actually, I don't know. I'd have to look at tape. I. I wouldn't. Um. I'd love to see it to be honest, but I. I don't yeah. think the UC will do it because they're both kind of rising stars. Yeah. In the division. Oh,
0: I really want to. See. Oh, that's a fantastic fight. I really, really want to see. I think uh, Shodan Shabirov would take him down and probably, probably end up with beating him that way. He just, he's really, really good, can't can't say enough good things about him, uh, other than that Li Zhang Liang came in again, four in a row now, look very, very impressive, he's kind of the emerging star, I think, in that market as well, against Zach Otto, you know nothing, there was, this is a, a pretty, actually on BT Sport, two minutes they went on break and came back two minutes into the round for this one so we, we missed most of the fight because it only yeah. went well,
1: the, their production it's, is it's gotten worse recently, and yeah. uh, like they showed a they showed like uh, press co- or post fight speeches, and instead of just beeping out the curse words, they just like just cut the whole thing, and mm-hmm. they're just kind of lazy about it. And then they're trying to up the price for people to to have BT Sport. So don't know how that's going to work out. A lot of people seem to be pissed off with BT Sport, and now they're asking asking people to pay more money. So uh, um, they'd want they'd want to sort it out. Like you know, you can't be making all these stupid mistakes. Um, and uh, expect people to cough up even more money. She went they're on it like the middle of the night. Usually, okay, this one wasn't, but people are kind of in the MMA world and, and MMA fans who are who are kind of in the scene are uh, are well versed in being able to find streams. And if if you if you're if if you if you're a TV uh, program isn't as good production quality as the stream, then and it costs loads of money, people are just going to watch the stream. I think so. Yeah. BT Sport want to sort that out, especially with the with the price hike.
0: Mm-hmm. Then the main event: uh, Kelvin Gaslam against Michael Bisping, uh, which ended in a first round KO win for for Kelvin Gaslam. Uh it, it wasn't even enough fight until till the finish. Um, Gaslam, as he does a lot, comes comes in with his hands low, and Bisping was having a little bit of success, of success, but. It was obvious to see that Gaslam was just way, way faster than him and was kind of dragging him in to play that game. Um, I thought Gaslam, I thought it would play out a little bit different than it, than it did. I thought Gaslam would maybe look for the front foot, kind of like GSP had done, but he kind of gave it up to Bisping and tried to counter him. And obviously, it turned out really, really well. He he. He caught Bisping. Bisping came in and threw a big right hand when he was off balance. He hit him with the he hit him with the the left, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. And then he hit him with the right coming back after it. And the first one obviously put him out. And the second one put him down, kind of. And it was it was a, a huge devastating loss for Michael Bisping. Obviously, but he took it very very well as well. Three weeks after coming off the, the GSP fight, and we, we'll get to that in a minute. But did you take anything away from the fight itself?
1: Um, well, Gaslam in fairness to him, he he did the job brilliantly. Uh, yeah, I think Bisbing kind of overreached, or overstretched on a right hand, and Gaslam was him with the one-two, and I think it could have been stopped a little bit earlier. Even uh, the ref was a bit slow on the, maybe because Bisbing's kind of I know the ref's not supposed to take it into account, but because Bisbing's been dropped so many times uh, in the first round and managed to survive and come back in fights like for so many years that maybe, maybe the ref gave him an extra couple of punches, but uh, Bisbing's taken a lot of damage in the last last few weeks so maybe that was a bit unnecessary and i think we were talking about how he was getting in there too quickly and what's the point of these medical suspensions if you can just get any doctor to be like out of grand and i think um i think it's hard to know if, if the, it was a really nice combination so maybe the shot would have put bisping out anyway but maybe if bisping had a, had, a, had a couple of months to rest after after the gsp fight maybe he would have been able to, to recover there but it's really hard to say, um, but Gaslam, you know, he, he just, biggest win of his career, would you say, probably?
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd say it would, yeah, beating a guy who was just uh, UFC champion. But that, I think a lot of people have been saying that, oh, if those shots had landed, they wouldn't knock him out anyway. But that's not the point. Like, the, the point is that he got those shots three weeks after he got dropped and choked to, to sleep by GSP. You know, that's that's mm. the problem. You know, he didn't, as you said, saying, he didn't have enough rest between those fights. We need to be better than that as, as a sport that's that is fucking underground backyard shit like that should not be happening a championship level fighter should not be getting dropped choked to sleep and then fighting three weeks later would we i think the OC need to be called out in this for putting that together just to save a card like i think that's absolutely disgusting what they did he shouldn't have been put back in there and a lot of people say, could say oh you're only saying this because he got knocked on no i said it last week as well like it, this needs to be said things like these, this need to be called out and i think people have maybe been too lax on this but i really do i think that's bad for the sport you know people talk about things being bad for the sport this is this is bad for the sport like if something had gone uh, to, uh, god forbid something had gone bad for bisping he'd gotten you know hurt badly or something how bad would it look then yeah. and like it, it did go badly he got knocked out but yeah i thought it was just wrong
1: yeah, I think we talked. Yeah, we talked about it last week. Like it's, it's there was there was actually no need for it as well. um But the the card was kind of the card was just on fight pass. It's not selling pay per views. It wasn't as if they were going to lose out on tens of millions if they didn't get somebody like Bisbing into this fight. So it was a strange move. It was a strange move from Endeavor and the UFC. Um, Bisbing obviously he's, he's just, he says he's now he's not the champion. He just wants to get back to prize fighting, which basically means I want to get money. In my opinion, so for Bisping, uh, he obviously thought he could go in there and get the job done. Like you see, when rugby rugby players and NFL guys and all these guys, when they get knocked out or they get they get concussed, or they always say they're fine. Mm-hmm. Like they're gonna say they're fine. It needs to be somebody else. It needs to be like the coach who goes, "No, you're not fine. You're not. You're not. You're not going back in, or you're you're not taking this fucking two weeks later. This fight two weeks later against Kevin Gaslam who's probably like a better striker than you. Like you know, it's not a good matchup. It's not as if it's a layup." Like it's not as if it's a real nice star matchup. Wherever you, you lose, you're gonna get or somebody's gonna wrestle you or something. It's like there was a high possibility of uh, big shots landing on Bisbing in this fight, and that's what happened, and that's how the fight ended. And yeah, I think um, that fight between Gasolom and Bisbing wouldn't have been sanctioned in in Ireland or England under Safe MMA and the the procedures we have here. Obviously, China's a new market, so maybe that was part of it. But the UFC themselves should know better, and they shouldn't have put Bisping in that situation, and Bisping's uh, coaching staff should have, should, shouldn't should let him be in that situation either, I think, so uh, hopefully that hopefully they'll learn from that. And uh, yeah. other fighters from the gym won't end up in the same posi- position. Maybe Bisping will have to have learned the hard way for them.
0: Yeah, 100%, yeah, I agree. Yeah, like with this and with the Alex Caceres thing, I think it, it looked very rinky-dink. I think that fight should have been stopped. I don't think Bisping should be fighting. And, you know, it, it's a sport where it's so so tough It's uh, uh, you know it's it's the sport of fighting and you you that has to be regulated for it to be okay and it has to be rigorous you know allowing people fight the, the precautions taken have to be rigorous and it just felt like they weren't here and that's that's very very disappointing to be honest but uh, all right, let's let's move on. Uh, a couple more things before we get to the questions. Uh, first things first, Peter Quigley. We obviously just watched his fight before we started the podcast. Uh, he ended up losing a majority decision. One judge had it a draw. The other, another judge had it, I believe, three rounds to two. And another judge had it four rounds to one.
1: It was a four just, rounds to one is mad. Yeah,
0: absurd. I was totally absurd. I thought I missed the first round. You saw, I saw a bit of it. I know. I thought Quigley won the third. Or sorry, the second, the fourth, fourth and, and the fifth. fifth one, right? yeah.
1: yeah, I, oh, I agree. You, uh, sure. go on. I, I I missed like a couple of minutes of the of the first round while I was trying to get the the stream working. But then um the second, the fourth, and the fifth, like they, they weren't these rounds where you're like, oh, like it's a disgrace. You could you couldn't possibly give that round to the other guy. But they 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 weren't they weren't close enough where it, it was a toss up in my opinion. It was like. There was a good few, few failed takedowns. When he did get the takedowns, he did nothing with them. Queeley get straight back up. Queeley was landing leg kicks, landing better shots. Um, contro- I thought he was controlling them rounds. I thought he, he he won at least three. I'm not sure about the first round because I missed a, missed a minute of it. But even without the first round, let's just assume Queeley lost the first round. And the third round uh, as well. But but, but that should be enough to win. But when you go into, into Kazakhstan against a Kazakhstani guy, Crowds on his side. Every time he lands, they got they get get a bit of a pop. You know, every time he gets a takedown, they'll they'll cheer. Referees and judges are, uh, are humans, and they they're they're affected by stuff like this. Historically, like in Brazil and other other places, they've been affected by by a crowd and stuff like that. So maybe that came into it a little bit. It is hard to go into into these guys' backyards and win a decision, even if you deserve a decision. So uh, it's a tough one to take for queeley But I think he probably knew going in that he'd that he'd have to make make it pretty dominant in order to get the decision. And I don't think he would have been all that surprised when he when he heard uh when he heard that this that he'd lost the decision.
0: Yeah, there, there definitely seemed to be a bit of home cooking. Like in most of the rounds, apart from obviously a third, which I, which he won, I thought he, he landed a lot of good, uh, the Kazakhstani chap. He landed a lot of heavy strikes in that round. But in the other rounds, he was kind of going for takedowns and failing. And it was kind of stalling there for three or four minutes. And as you said, when it got back to the feet, he was landing good leg kicks. He was landing the harder shots for those three rounds that I thought he won. I thought, honestly, I thought it was a, an easy enough fight to score uh to be honest and to to score four rounds to one the other way was was very bad i think the second was the closest of them all because he had a lot of control from those takedown, from those takedown attempts, and like, okay, I don't. I, I If you want to score a round badly because you shouldn't be scored for that, but you can understand in that round why they did it. Maybe I still think queely won it, but the other rounds, I think Queely was way better in, in those. I thought he won them pretty, pretty clearly. Yeah, but yeah, one is just uh, I can't see that at all. Yeah, i started all altogether. Yeah. yeah, but I, I think he's he, didn't he sign the contract with him a while back? So I'd say he's probably a few more fights over and over on fight night. So um. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing a rematch. I thought it was a it was a pretty good fight. Um you know, Queely it's always been his problem, you know, he's not getting finishes. He's I don't think he's ever got a finish, does he, in, in his uh in Probably, his MMA career. Yeah. So you know that's that's definitely an issue for him. I think like if if he had a big powerful knockout shot i think he'd be really really good but the fact that he doesn't have it just curtails him so much i think uh like he's cardio out tonight we we talked about him before i think uh he'd say he'd be a good five-round fighter i thought he was you know he came on won those last two rounds pretty clearly i thought and was going strong at the end um but yeah yeah it's it's definitely an unfortunate loss for him and uh
1: well no, I'm not sure. do, do you know? The, do you know the way? Kind of, I think Queeley, when he gets hit, he kind of shells up a little bit afterwards, and he kind of yeah. kind of reacts a little strange, kind of like Phil Davis. There's a couple of fighters that kind of they kind of uh, uh, they kind of react when they get hit, and the judges kind of I think the judges might notice that. But mm-hmm. even even with that, even if you were counting every strike that your man landed, it wasn't it wasn't that many, and it was failed takedowns and. He just kind of would chill out kind of he'd he'd not get the tape down there and he kind of just sit there and eat little shots from creely and not really do much and he just didn't do enough to win the fight in my opinion your man um what how do you pronounce his name kwat something yeah. Kouash, kamatov kamatov or something like that yeah i i, I when i went to decision I, I was i was talking to you at the time uh we, we weren't surprised that the decision went as we said about mm-hmm. kazakhstan kazakhstani guy in kazakhstan but if you're judging the fight, just straight up taking all that out of it, I think it was uh, pretty clear that Queeley won at least the three rounds. And at uh, the first, uh, I'd have to go back and look at because because uh, I had a few problems with getting the stream going at the start. Yeah.
0: Uh, another welterweight with a bit of wanderlust in uh, from this weekend was Ben Askren, who beat Shinya Aoki in about four seconds and announced his retirement. Well, he announced his retirement before and said that this would be his last fight. Um, And we we know about MMA retirements, you know. About an hour and a half later, he called out GSP. <laughs> you know, it's he's not going to retire. He's going to fight again. But let, let's just say he doesn't. Or let, even we just look at his career from this point on. Is it, like is Ben Askren one of the most disappointing careers in MMA history? You know. It, he's done very well obviously undefeated fought a few good guys uh like um uh what's his name the russian chap that was in there was a bellator champion who's a very very good fighter obviously um he's fought you know he's fought a a lot of good guys but never got to the level of like the you know the ufc guys or the uh, the guys who are in the ufc and are now Went over to Bellator, like the Rory McDonald's and stuff like that. Like he's, it, he's just missed out on that for his whole career, and like, yeah, it, it, it's hard to like, look at Ben Askren's but, career and not kind of like, oh, what if?
1: I think the best performance of his career, the one that actually finally got people excited about Ben Askren, w- w- like most, like more people excited about him, was the Koreshkov fight that he, the, and it was his last fight in Bellator, and then he just left and went to ONE FC and fought a bunch of. People nobody had heard of for a while, and had a, had that no contest with Luis Santos, where he looked horrendous in the fight uh, uh, Ben Askren did. Um, I think he's very one dimensional. Obviously, if he gets to the ground, he's he's unbelievably good on wrestling and grappling, and uh, he, he's got some good ground and pound and submissions. But on the feet, he's still very lacking. And I think if he, if he was in the UFC, uh, putting on these performances, he'd just be getting killed against the, the top guys, like
0: yeah i i definitely agree with that but it's a it, it's unfortunate we've never seen that being able to see it. Well, like could he have risen to the occasion like could he have become a very good fighter if he had to could, could he have improved his striking and become it's like he's eight, 19 fights now and we've just we've never seen and it's it's so unfortunate I, like it's not too late i i still think it, it's very possible he's not retired you know we know very well he's not retired mm-hmm. he's 33 now which is not very very old you know and he's Take taking a very little no damage No all. damage at all, basically. Uh, but, like, it, it, it's it's weird because he, you know, I think Ariel put a great tweet out. Of, he's like Frank Sinatra. He did it his way. But his way, it, it's See, grand. He, doing do it way, no. way. he
1: wanted to go to the UFC, but did. Dana didn't want him. And then he threw a hissy fit and kind of burnt the bridges. And Dana White's kind of stubborn in a lot of ways. He never had that much interest in Ben Askren due to, Dana's perceived, uh, or Dana perceiving his style as boring. Um, I don't think Ben Askren really sells pay per views or or masses of tickets or anything like that. So I don't think Dana's in a hurry to bury the hatchet there. I think, uh, I think Ben Askren would have liked to been in the UFC. So I don't think he did it his way. I think he'll be disappointed with how his career turns out if this is the end. If this is the end of it, I think okay, maybe he made some decent money in ONE FC, but I think he's a real, real competitor and would have loved to prove himself in in the UFC. I think he believes. That he's the best. I think a lot of guys do believe that they're the best, but I, I, I believe Ben Askren, when he went like 20 years, he because he put on performances against as we were talking about, like, you know, top guys in Bellator and made them look stupid. Guys who've gone on to look brilliant, like Koreshkov and mm-hmm. obviously uh Douglas Lima is obviously a fantastic fighter as well. Like, you know, and he ran through him. He struggled against Jay Haran. This is this is all like seven years ago or something, like but since he's been, <laughs> since he's he's been in kind of purgatory in one FC since we kind of the guys that he fought five, six, seven years ago were the guys that we kind of comparing his ability to. And people like Koreshkov and Lima are much better now, like five, yeah. six, seven years later. So it's, it's hard to know. And it's kind of, that as you say, it's unknown how we would have done against people in the UFC. But if if, if I was picking him against even Rory MacDonald and Bellator now, i definitely pick Rory MacDonald to win that fight. And I'd definitely pick Wonderboy and Woodley to beat him. um I think he could be, he definitely be a top 10 guy. I think he, if he gets on top of you, it's bad news. He's a bit like Khabib in that way. He, he, Khabib probably has a little bit more on the feet, even though Khabib is, is very rudimentary on the feet as well. Uh, but Khabib has proven that if you're really good at takedowns and getting on top, and you can really break guys. And I think Ben Ashman could have done that to a lot of guys in the UFC, but not the top, top upper echelon guys.
0: I really think... Ben Askren would still be an asset to the UFC now, because I think you could build guys off him. Like, I think if you put him in there against Cameron Usman, and he went in, and Usman absolutely destroyed Ben Askren, which I think would probably happen.
1: Ooh. That,
0: that's big. Like, you're beating Ben Askren, a guy who's like 18-0, or, you know, they put him in there against,
1: I don't know. Mm. I'd say he's I, making I, good I, money he, in 1FC, though. I'd say he'd want a he, pretty, pretty packet. like.
0: Yeah, maybe. Like I think Bellator would probably be a good fit for him now as well. You know, that Welterweight division is very good.
1: I think they were happy to see the back of him though when he left because he was just kind of winning boring five round main events and beating guys that they wanted to build like uh Lima and Amasu and Koreshkov. So they were they were just happy to see the back of him and he, he was kind of uh he was kind of just let go with kind of oh yeah, there you go. There wasn't there wasn't like a big uh court case like Eddie Alvarez trying to keep him or anything like that. They they just let him go.
0: Do you think, is there anyone in MMA, I'm just trying to think there, like Askren years ago, or like, um, uh,
1: Carl Conrad, what's,
0: no, uh, what's his name?
1: Any excuse to bring up Carl Conrad?
0: Yeah, the fact, the, the Japanese chap who fought Anderson Silva, and Okami, Yushin Okami, and uh, guys like that. <laughs> Calvary,
1: the Japanese chap who fought <laughs>
0: i I couldn't remember his name but i did remember but remember like uh, john fitch as well the guys like that who basically took lads down wrestled them and kind of killing prospects off is there anyone in mma these days who does that now
1: um yeah uh frankie cars used to do that as well francis carmel um but
0: it's kind of gone right at the moment
1: yeah i think Guys are just much better like GSP when he took down Bisbing, he ate a bunch of elbows. I think people are just better off their back, they're better getting yeah. up, they're better at submissions and they're better getting over, and landing shots. So it's not as easy just to smother people at, at, at a high level anymore. Guys are the game just as we always talk about the game moves on so so quickly in MMA. Like if 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 you've like even in each martial art like if in jiu-jitsu there's always these new guards, there's always these like there's always new stuff coming in and if if, if you're in the game for a while and you don't develop or you, you don't make strides, then other guys are making big strides around you and you fall behind very quickly. So I think that that kind of style, um, Khabib is doing it maybe, but he, he was getting tagged up on the feet by Michael Johnson in his last fight. So he was doing it kind of to most people before that, Glace and Thiebae as well
0: yeah but he's like Khabib will absolutely burst you up when he gets you on the ground like he's not like a, a dominating wrestler who just lies on top of you like like those lads I mentioned did I, I think that's kind of gone out of MMA I don't think it, that flies anymore I think we've progressed past that and the fact like if you brought Askren in now I don't think he'd be able to do that do that to most people like he'd, he'd probably do it you know to, looking at the rankings here he could probably do it to Alex Oliveira, Dong Hyun Kim and you know Neil Magny and Cerrone and a few guys like that but once you get to the the, the Usman's, the Mayas, the Dos even Col- Colby Covington against uh, Ben. Oh, Askren. Yeah,
1: versus Askrin, I'd love to see that actually. That'd right. be great. do
0: you know and I'd love to see Nate Diaz versus Ben Askrin? There's there's a fight for you.
1: Yeah, I Nate Diaz would beat the living crap out of him.
0: Yeah, he would. Yeah, he'd probably he'd probably end up triangling him or something then as well afterwards Which is yeah, I uh, love that. But yeah, I hope Ben Askrin does get it. I'd love to see him in the UFC. To be absolutely brilliant. But uh, I I I think we're both on the same page
1: with that one. I think he's. I think when, when these guys fight abroad against these kind of lower level guys. Or kind of guys that are over the hill and smaller than him like uh like in his last fight Mm -hmm. um i think people build them up to be better than they are i think it kind of happened with loads of pride guys in in the past where they thought everybody kind of thought that they were just going to come in and wreck shop and uh, Fedor beat everybody and all that stuff like you know but i don't think i don't when you actually get in there styles make fights okay maybe you beat one or two of the top guys but then there'd be another there'd be another couple of different style matchups that are that are bad for people like Ben Askren like if Ben Askren can't get the take down early what's his striking gonna look like the last time we saw his striking for any extended amount of time it was absolutely atrocious uh it was just very low level so he who knows maybe he has worked maybe he has worked on it for the last few years and he just hasn't had a chance to use it or he hasn't he hasn't bothered using it because the easiest, uh, the easiest way to victory is the 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 method he took of taking him down. So uh, yeah, it will be interesting, I, but I just I just don't see him doing it at the very top level.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, let's move on uh, and do a few questions here. We we'll start off with the Naked Day Q and A. So true or false? For these, I think we have one, two, three, four, five, six, eight of them. Conor McGregor will beat Habib in two thousand and eighteen. Uh, False. False, so yeah, I don't think that will happen. I think Barboza is gonna beat Habib. Uh Francis Ingano will beat Steve in 2018. <sighs> false. True. Joe Duffy will be a ranked fighter by the end of
1: 2018. Hmm. True.
0: Hmm.
1: Well, by the end of it, maybe he'll be like yeah. in 2019, eighteen yeah. he'll be ranked at some stage. Like at the yeah. end, yeah. Oh, well he'll he'll be at, some, at stage 2018, yeah. Yeah, some stage in twenty eighteen, yeah, at some stage in twenty eighteen,
0: yeah. I think it's tough. That lightweight division is an absolute hard one to get into. Like, uh, is he going to get a higher ranked fighter than Vic now after just losing to him? And Vic is probably going to have ever done him
1: like in in the top yeah. fifteen. You know, like, I think he beats. Evan Dunham done him pretty handily. Yeah. Um. If the, it, I like Quinta, I, I, even yeah. Chiesa. Like you know. I that
0: think Pettis fight. I think he, if he could fight Pettis, I think that's a fight that they, they could put together. And if he beats him, he'd get ranked probably. So yeah, I'll go true. Okay, Uriah Faber will fight TJ before K- Cody gets a rematch. Oh,
1: false! Please, false! False! Yeah,
0: Ronda Rousey will fight in 2018. False. True. I I have an awful feeling. An awful feeling. So Ronda, R- maybe, but I have a feeling she could talk, cut the 125, and fight for that belt. You know, these two, or whoever the, the people coming in now, they're not going to be that good. And Ronda Rousey could beat any of those, you know, just three people uh, at the moment uh, going for the 125. Like, she was getting very low on her weight. She was, like, walk around the 135 by the end of it with a almost no weight cut. So I think she could probably get down to 125 and end up
1: fighting on them and maybe winning the title. I think if she comes so. back, it'll be for uh, money and she won't be wanting to be put, cutting all that weight before. She'll just want to... Like I don't think, I think Edmund Carveri and her coach was on the MMA or some show there a few few weeks back, a couple of months back, talking about the cyborg fight. I think that's a terrible fight for Ronda. Um, she definitely need to get a couple of wins in first anyway to get a confidence back and and all that stuff. Get her get her, get her head straight. But uh, I just I just don't think Ronda's gonna come back. And if she does, I think it'll just be for money and it'll probably be a, a nice match But I definitely don't see it being cyborg.
0: Fair enough. Ben Askren will fight the UFC in 2018. False. False. Frank Edgar will fight for both Bantamweight and featherweight titles next year. False. False. Holly Holm will be a UFC champion again. Ever.
1: Mm -hmm. True.
0: I'll go with true as well. Uh, johnny Byrne at mma takeover underscore how important is it for a big local name to be on a card in the domestic market do you think the usg should tailor it's events around starts fighting in home countries or keep them and keep growing them in certain markets yeah i think hmm. it, it, like looking like at the market for yeah. the weekend like there's a lot of obviously asian chinese fighters on that uh on that card at the weekend and it's important like when the irish once come here, we like to have Irish guys on it, but I think you need, I think you're center. You need to have a blend. I think you need big names like the likes of Bring Cerrone around, Mark Hunt, and guys like that. Bring them around, you know, to different places. Give the stars because if you don't, it's basically turned into like a Bama card or a, Ch- a Care Dryers card here, or the local promotions over in China or wherever. Like, and I think you, the usc needs to send out.
1: Uh, yeah, it depends on the market, but um. I think the UFC name alone, uh, when it comes to a new market, has has a big has a big um, pull. But obviously, mm-hmm. this China card w- was the first real. Macau doesn't really count. it Kind of counts, but not really. It's the first mm-hmm. mainland China card, and they did bring a l- bunch of local people. I'm not sure how it did. I'm not sure what the TV deal is in in China and stuff, but. Um, I'm sure we'll hear in the, in the next while how how this card is done. Meltzer, David Meltzer will probably put up some kind of viewing figures, uh, for the U.S. Anyway, I'm not sure if we'll find out about the Chinese market. But, was it uh, on? Uh,
0: was it on TV or was it just on Fight Pass?
1: I don't I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the situation with with Chinese television is. Or no,
0: but on on in America.
1: Oh, um, I'm not sure. It was on BT Sport here, so I assumed it was on Fox Sports, but maybe it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah.
0: All right, next question. Mr. Podge, he asks us to look at the Bellator brackets that were announced, and assuming no alternatives needed, who makes the final? Right, right, let's look at it this way. Rampage against Shale. Who wins that one? Jeez,
1: um, I reckon Rampage beats him. I don't know. Like, Rampage, like... He just gets pissed off and like throws in the towel, and people take him down, and so sometimes. <laughs> yeah, he'd be at heavyweight I too. Think, I yeah, think. I think Charles looks pretty bad recently. Um, yeah, I think Rampage, but I wouldn't be. Rampage is very hit and miss these days, mm-hmm. and mostly miss. But I I'd go Rampage just due to size. Uh,
0: then Fedor against Frank Mir. I think Fedor at this stage would probably be Frank Mir. I think Mir has been out of the game <sighs> yeah. for a while. He get clipped, put him down. So then that means it'd yeah. be Fedor against Rampage. I think Rampage would probably be Fedor really.
1: Oh, geez, I don't know. I'd be interested to see it though, that's a good one, that's yeah, a good that's one.
0: A fight. and then the other side Matt Mitrion against Ryan Nelson, Ryan
1: Nelson is a win over Mitrion but I think Mitrion would probably beat him this time around mm, yeah Um. it's tough for Ryan Nelson he looks to fall off a cliff last time we saw him so yeah, yeah. I'd probably have to go with uh, Mitrion
0: and then Bader against King Mo I think Bader probably Bader. wins that one yeah, yeah. Bader wins so that, that one. that's Bader against Mitrion in that semi-final, who'd win Bader that? Bader wins that one, yeah Bader yeah, so it's Bader Bader against uh, Rampage, Rampage in the final. So Bader's probably gonna win it, isn't
1: he? Yeah, yeah. If mate yeah. I'm not sure about the Fader the Fedor Rampage fight. Mm-hmm. Like if Rampage is gonna turn up at like two hundred and sixty five pounds all, all fat like he has when he fighting heavyweight before, like that could be probably. a factor if he does. He looks very slow when he when he turns up uh heavy. Yeah. Um I look yeah, vulnerable. you probably Ryan Bader would be the favor would be the favorite for the tournament, really, wouldn't he? Yeah, and I think that's a worse outcome, himself, the
0: worst outcome. I didn't find himself? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mister Paul Pot- <laughs> Fact is Ferguson right to turn down Habib's fight or is it number one bullshit? Yeah, what did you what did you think it is? Obviously, it came out that uh, they're trying to make Habib Nurmagomedov versus. Well, Habib said this.
1: Habib said this. He? Yeah, I mean, he said a think- lot of things in the past. doesn't he?
0: Yeah, but I think there was a lot of talk about it being true, and Tony Ferguson turned it down for the end of year card. Which, what is he like, six weeks' notice to do that? He was dead right to turn down, wasn't he?
1: Depends what the, the pay per view situation is. The money, like, you're a price fighter at the end of the day, Um you don't be waiting on other people, but yeah, depends what they were offering money wise. If they were offering them millions and pay-per-view points on the back maybe he should have taken it because it's a short career and you got to make the money while you can you can't rely on other people uh to, to bring you big money fights you got to make it happen by yourself and i think if you had a beating it could be but would have made future fights of tony's even bigger and would have drawn more money so if you believe in yourself why not do it i, I don't understand but like you six weeks to prepare you're uh, he's he probably heard rumblings about it before you know you It it doesn't, but maybe he didn't.
0: It's against the guy you were supposed to fight three times and it never happened. And you've Conor McGregor, the biggest fight you'll ever have just around the corner, potentially. But who knows
1: what's going to happen though? With with Conor, you can't be waiting on other people, you know?
0: Yeah, but wait six weeks like you know, wait wait till to wait to see what McGregor does. If I was Tony Ferguson, there's no hope in the world I would take a fight until Conor McGregor takes a fight, that would just be not happening at all. So, yeah.
1: Tony should defend defender vacate. This her <laughs> <laughs> Oh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Defend hate to at Shanti NBA. Me? What
0: did I do? Uh, Kevin just
1: talk about it to me, basically. Yeah, okay. Uh,
0: <laughs> at Kev Curls, uh, can Gaslam become a champ champ?
1: <sighs> he can, potentially, but I don't see it happening. I don't either. I think uh, I I think he's I think he's very good and he's improving. But like you know, we talked about him on the scale last week, and then he came in and barely made weight. Tried the old tail trick. Um, the the DC. Yeah, the the old um, he He's he, he's still getting better, but you know he, he got taken out by Chris Weidman in his last fight. Um, Weidman's not the old Weidman. You know he's not. Um, He's not the same guy that that beat Anderson Silva so comprehensively and that made an absolute mockery out of Mark, Mark Munoz. I don't think he's that same guy, and he.
0: No, I wonder uh, what happened there.
1: Uh, center hate to uh, Atchison Uh He lost the, a decision to, the, the, the to Magny. He, yeah, he lost. <laughs> he lost a decision to to Magny. Uh, he lost a decision to Woodley. Okay, that was a really close fight. I think. I think he can hang with all the best guys, but I don't know if he can beat them. You know what I mean? I, think, I don't think he's going to get embarrassed in any of the fights, but uh, I definitely don't see him as a, as a two-way champion, especially with his uh, inability to make weight uh, at 170. I, don't, I think he's not going to be able to make weight at 170 again.
0: Yeah, We've had a few people at Irish MMA 194 and a couple more people ask about Jack Shore. He apparently called out Nathaniel Wood at the weekend. A lot of people saying, do you think he could be the next one in the UFC from uh, from really? Cade yeah. Warriors? Well,
1: from Cade Warriors? Um, from Cade Warriors. Like Fishgold, like if he, he, if Fishgold wins the second belt, who's he fighting for the second belt again? Is it Nad? Is that is that Nad, Nad and is. Does it or is, I, I don't know. Him, I think he just called. Did he call him out or, I'll, I'll have a look on Chris Fishgold's record here. Hold on a second. Um, it's just nobody seems that interested in Fishgold. Maybe it's the, the lack of interviews, the lack of personality, perceived personality, or I don't know what it is. But for a guy who's what seventeen and one cage warriors champion beating everybody put in front of him pretty handily like chokes okay nick heron webb former tough fighter he won a decision over him but it was a dominant decision um on his on his record here he doesn't seem to have the the fight lined up but that could be just uh hasn't been updated yet but uh yeah i think i think there's a few people from cage warriors that that could be signed. like carl moore could be it as well if he gets uh if he gets the win at, at heavyweight, as we said, for the for the mm-hmm. heavyweight belt, Jack Shore is obviously undefeated. He only six and now maybe he needs a couple more. Uh, I'm not sure what age Jack Shore is, but he looks really young. Um, He's good too as well. They have a lot of good guys. Nathaniel Wood, I really
0: really like Nathaniel Wood. Rate him. I think he, if he wins his next fight as well, he'll probably be in the UFC. So yeah, it would be a big, a big
1: step guys. up to 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 go to the UFC now. He has a he has he has some good wins, but is he was He six and now seven and now seven and now now after that last fight. He he he's, he fought another undefeated guy at the last Cage Warriors, so that was the biggest win of his career. But um, I don't think there's any rush to get him in there. I think you should probably keep him in Cage Warriors, build him up. So a few a few uh not easy matchups, but tests, but not nothing too ridiculous, just to to round him out a bit and then uh get him to the down I don't think there's any rush, and I think there'll probably be there'll probably be others, maybe Calmore and maybe Fishgold before before sure. Yeah.
0: Uh, okay, one or two more here. James Dunn asks about Reds or an Arm Park, uh, and if it marketed correctly by Bama, could it sell out the Tree Arena? I think it. I think it could. I think it'd be, it would be sell out the,
1: the the Tree Arena, like the the full Tree Arena or the no. the half.
0: Well, I don't know, but like I think it could definitely make a into card for Bama in the Tree Arena. I think it's a really. Oh yeah, fight,
1: yeah. But it already did, didn't it? What
0: did it? I thought it was, was it was at the second fighter?
1: Uh, I think it main evented the the Bama portion of the the hope oh, 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 yeah, okay, fair enough.
0: But uh, Norman obviously called him out kind of today on, on Twitter. Uh, I th- okay. that fight needs to be made again. I think I'd I'd really like to see that. So I think everyone's on
1: board for that one. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to see it five rounds, even though Bama don't really do that. Um, I
0: well, unless they get paid properly, but I don't know is that going to happen? But,
1: yeah, it, it, like it could happen on Bellator as well. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Newcastle card. It doesn't necessarily have to be have to be in Ireland, but obviously if you can sell more tickets in Ireland, but uh, two UFC vets on a card obviously helps any card. Um, Bellator, Bellator might be able to. Like people would fly over to Newcastle if they were to put on that Bellator card, I think as well from from Ireland. It's it's it's, it's a or like a fifty quid flight With Ryanair if you book it in time.
0: Fuck Wales. So <laughs> Johnny Bourne asks again, "What's the best severe MM merch to buy every member of the family for Christmas?"
1: <sighs> Jesus, get the, get the brother. Uh, does, he does he have a brother or sister? <laughs> get the brother and old
0: t-shirt get the get the sister a tank top or the girlfriend the tank top get the get the father a set of golf balls beautiful golf balls there get your young niece and nephew a few stickers get some mugs uh, for the gaff mugs for the gaff yeah beautiful lovely ones lovely load all of your money at slash uh, <laughs> merchandise
1: the phone cover and everything you can buy bags you can have a wallet you, yeah. you, you can have whatever you want um there's loads of t-shirts the I think the wife beaters are back in stock, are they? Let me have a look. Um, no, they're temporarily out of stock, but you can order them and they'll be, be sent out quickly. You, um, there's actually like so there's so much stuff. There's flip-flops. Anything you want. Whatever whatever you, whatever you need. If there's something that you want that's not there, get onto us and we'll try and see if we can sort it out. Beautiful.
0: Daniel Mannix at Mannix knows, how many times do you think the following fighters will compete again in the UFC? Anderson Silva, Zero. <laughs> Ooh,
1: depends on his band doesn't it um mm-hmm. I'd say I probably have one more at least he won't want to go out like that but I don't know if you see what want like he's probably on big big money um I, uh, I'll say I'll say at least one well, I'll say one okay GSP
0: I reckon two. I reckon left two or two or three at least yeah McGregor
1: oh uh five five four or
0: five mm. i reckon he'll fight diaz anyway again i reckon he'll fight probably fight for the title and beat ferguson and then he'll fight someone else and maybe lose and then rematch them and then go out with another big fight maybe gsp or something like that as well so yeah five is oh, i think five on. is a good estimate mm-hmm. chad, chad Mendes, i think he'll have loads when is he back
1: actually he's back soon isn't he That's he must be seven,
0: yeah. yeah i think he'll have loads dominic yeah. cruz
1: uh, Dominic Cruz, whew, I think he, if he could, he'd have several, but he just can't stop getting injured. Like, it's mm-hmm. one thing after another. Um, I'd say he'll have four or five, though, but um, yeah, it's just dis- disappointing what's happened to Dominic Cruz's career just with injuries.
0: Yeah, uh, Bin Z daily at UFC Nutter for life. Stupid question, lads. A soap a lefty. Why is a call- Why is a righty not called a North Paw? I want to know, why is it not just called orthodox and unorthodox?
1: It's it's called goofy as well, isn't it? Is it? I don't know. Like, you're, if you say Paul, you're goofy.
0: Is it? I've never heard that. Are you just making that up? No, it... it's true. Really? Yeah. Okay. I feel like there's a joke here that I'm not getting.
1: No. I'm left-footed <laughs> and right-handed, so which would I be if I was an MMA fighter?
0: I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm right-footed, but I when I played Harlan, I was better off my left side. I played snooker left-handed. I'm very ambidextrous. You get,
1: you get burnt at the stake for that back in the day.
0: Yeah, Patrick was left, he's left handed. So I think I just kind of just copying him and doing it that way. But yeah, I don't know. I'm very, I'm I, I, like, as a world class athlete myself, you know, I can kind of do it anyway. So. <laughs> right last question from our boy jack durges check him out over on imdb great man at mr jack durges uh say Conor fights three times next year play fantasy matchmaker i'm probably assuming he wins therefore no rematches what would his three opponents be and at what weight mm, i like this right i'll go first i'm gonna say tony ferguson for the, the championship of the world uh unified then i think nathan diaz in a rematch for the UFC lightweight championship, and then I think he'll fight GSP.
1: <laughs> that's exactly uh, how I would, I would have said it as well. So yeah. I'm just gonna, yeah, that's that's how. But with McGregor, you never know, and with the with MMA, you never know. But uh, yeah, I think that's probably the safest, uh, safest way to look at it.
0: Yeah, I don't think he will f- fight three times next year, to be honest, but um. Yeah, definitely actually we've a question as well from from Facebook we get this in here from my boy uh, Daniel Wipes question for the podcast what are some of your uh, most despised MMA terms for me I can't stand hearing the word super fight and stylistically anymore yeah I winning us, I, uh, winning us is definitely the worst um <laughs> super fight superfight is a real real weird one because like <sighs> all they, they yeah. always say it when it's not it's like they were, remember frankie edgar and uriah faber they were calling it uh they were calling super it fight, a super yeah. fr- like what what are you talking about super fight in manila is it <laughs> yeah god almighty patrick's on that one actually yeah the I. I in manila significant forget that one. significant strikes i hate as well like i understand that there is a meaning for them but they're absolutely you know
1: pointless and stupid um but yeah. yeah what else is there there's there's a few things um there's like uh, when John Anik is like using betting terms oh, for like half, half and pounds and stuff. It's just, oh, I yeah, hate it's just that. Like, please stop saying stuff like that. It's annoying.
0: That. Do you know what I hate as well? I hate, and I do it a bit as well, but I hate when like Irish and English lads get drawn in to using American terms all the time. Mm.
1: Like, oh, yeah. Man. Like, the only time I'd use were, like American terms, like if, if like, I'm talking about like American football, I'd say de- defense instead of defense because mm-hmm. that's what they call it. But, like if I was talking about soccer, I'd never say defense. Yeah. I think yeah, defense like I don't know I don't know people are kind of uh, becoming more americanized in their use of, the, use of the words and people are spelling like center wrong and all like americans and mm-hmm. stuff like that now and using z's instead of s's when s's are perfectly fine mm-hmm. and there's no need to change the language and then these these fake words like winning us to get added to all these online dictionaries and people type in oh look it is a real word it's in whatever stupiddictionary.com yeah. it's like somebody just added it in
0: Mm, it's not definitely 100% not a real word not uh, never will be fuck winningest whoever came up with winning should be burnt at the stake and i 100% believe that see there's a new word actually now a, a six-year-old boy came up with it called a levi drum it's like you know, a palindrome is a word that's spelled the same backwards as it, as it is forwards but a a le- Navin. Navin, yeah. <laughs> exactly or like mom or something but um a levi drum is a word that spells one thing forwards and then spells another thing backwards so like dog oh, okay. is god backwards yeah. or something so yeah, yeah there's never a term for it so this young six-year-old lad is named levi so he's calling it levi drum and now loads of people have taken on to it and they're trying to get into the oxford dictionary so but apparently it'll take a year or something but uh yeah that's pointless information there but uh yeah, yeah. making up words yeah. Be- beautiful beautiful <laughs> but you need one for that i don't mind making up words if there's a need for them, but there's no need for winningest at all. It's just
1: weird. I don't know if there's much of a need yeah. for it really. Like who when are you gonna need to use that word that new word? Yeah. You can just yeah, explain. Exactly. It.
0: Yeah. Uh okay, that's it. Well actually one last question. Andy Hall. <laughs> <laughs> got, got got in late there. I just refreshed. to see it. Who who'll be the next welterweight champion? <clears throat> I did this an article a while back. I think rules man. Oh that's a good
1: shout. Um that's a tough one. Um, has there been has there been any talk of like, the Diaz fight? If that doesn't happen, the eight Diaz fight, if that doesn't happen, has there been talk of Woodley fighting anybody else?
0: Mm, there's talk of Colby Covington, but God,
1: has nah, to be awful. He's not going to be he, Woodley, though. He's not going to um, be Woodley, Yeah. Uh, Till or Usman stand out for the top 15 here that I'm looking at. Um, I don't think Till. Probably Lawler, maybe. If you fought him, probably not, though. I, think, I still think Wonderboy is like should beat Woodley if he fights him, but he just doesn't. Or he <laughs> does and then doesn't get the decision. But uh, I still think he's the, the hardest matchup in the division for uh, for Woodley. And I don't see him getting a title shot anytime soon. So the way Woodley's playing it as well, he seems to be trying to get money fights that are safe enough. So um, I think he's going to be a champion for, for a while. So I think, yeah, somebody like Usman will, will have a few more fights under his belt. And so, people like Till will have a few more fights under their belt. So one of them two. You said Osman's so will go tail. Beautiful. Right, that's it. Uh follow Graham at Severe MMA. Follow
0: me at Sean V A, Sean Sheen MMA on Facebook and uh Severe MMA over on Facebook as well. Check out our Instagram as well, at Severe MMA. Um and all those good things, SevereMay.com. Obviously, check us out there. Uh so that's it. Severe as well.com forward slash merchandise to buy all your stuff. Gets get a few Christmas presents in now, they'll be delivered before Christmas. Uh and anything else to add Graham? Um
1: no, that that's that bit does
0: it. Beautiful, that's it. Here comes the inspirational quote for the week. Doing what you like is freedom. Liking what you do is happiness. We'll see you next Tuesday. Or Monday. Or Sunday.